Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. We are back. Uh, this is Kirk Reed. I'm joined today by special guest, Mr. Kurt Zarnowski, a uh, longtime Social Security uh, Administration employee, uh, now semi-retired, uh, but still consulting uh, uh, in that area. Um, we have gotten a few callers today. We, we, you know, we've got another 25 or 30 minutes to the show. Um, you know, we'd love to get a couple more calls, uh, 781-837-4900. Or if you would prefer, you can text us a question at 781-775-0116. Kurt uh, will be joining us uh, on April 30th uh, for a social security seminar, uh, and that will be at 6.30 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon in Marshfield. Uh, If you would like to register for that event, please call the office at 781-834-2010, or you can register on our website at mcnamarafinancial.com. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, space is limited to about 40, uh, 40 people. Uh, we already have about 20 people registered. Uh, and we're asking for a $10 donation, uh, which will go to the Marshfield Food Pantry. Um, so, you know, Kurt, you know, as I've said, he's, he is a truly a wealth of knowledge on the topic. Um, you know, the seminar, you know, he's done the seminar a few times for us before, and it's, you know, it's great. Um and you know he'll he'll take questions you know from people afterwards um, or and, and and during um, and and he will he will answer them. Um, so if you have some some questions, uh, that's that's a great event. Um, yeah, and I'm basically it, 
the seminar will cover a lot of the same things we've been talking about right. today. You know, in, in my years of doing these events, I've discovered, you know, there are probably five big areas that people have questions about in terms of Social Security. It's when can you collect, which we've talked about. How's your benefit figured? We've talked about that today. Working in retirement, we talked about that today. Spousal, survivor, and divorce spousal benefits, we talked about that today. And the other fifth area that I cover in the seminar, which we haven't touched on today, is you know, are my social security benefits going to be subject to federal income tax? Mm, okay. And uh, that's a question a lot of people have, and, and the answer is it depends. Um, but prior to 1983, social security benefits were completely federal tax-free. But that year, Congress changed the code, said if you're a higher income social security beneficiary, then you'd be required that year to pay federal tax on 50% of the benefit payments that you had received in the prior year. How did they define higher income in 1983? Well, if you're a single tax filer, if you had income in excess of $25,000, or if you were a couple filing jointly and had income from all sources, earned and unearned, in excess of $32,000, well, in that first year, you'd be required to pay federal income tax on 50% of the payments that you would receive, be treated as ordinary income tax or whatever marginal tax rate you were at. Back in 1983, only about 10% of Social Security beneficiaries found themselves having to pay federal income tax on their benefits because they had income in excess of those thresholds. But what Congress didn't do was index those two thresholds. So here we are 35 plus years later. It's important to remind folks. End of the year, single tax filer, you have income in excess of $25,000 from all sources, couple filing jointly in excess of $32,000 from all sources. You're now going to be in a position where you may have to pay federal income tax on up to 85% of the benefit payments you had received in the prior year. 15% always federal tax free, but 85% treated as ordinary income tax at whatever marginal tax rate you're at. These days, about half of all Social Security beneficiaries do pay federal income tax on a portion of their benefits, something you need to plan for. That's federal taxation. People often ask, well, do I have to pay state income tax? Well, that's another, it depends. Right now, 37 states don't tax Social Security benefits, including here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but 13 states do tax in some form or another, so it depends where you're living. Do you say Mass does or does not? Mass does not. Mass does Your not. Social Security benefits tax-free here in Massachusetts. We have we have a caller. We have a repeat caller, I believe. Uh, we have Tom in Kingston. Tom, are you there? Twice in one day. Can hey, you stand it? It's a, yeah, it's either it's a full moon or my lucky day. I'm not sure which. It's a groupie. A little bit of both. Okay, okay. a groupie. Okay. What? Sorry, I get this question for my mom. She has taxes taken out, uh, optional taxes taken out of her Social Security, which she wants to stop. What's the easiest way to stop having uh, voluntary taxes taken out? Um, so does she have a Social Security account set up? Well, no, if yes, she doesn't. She does, but here's the problem. She doesn't remember all the security questions, okay. you know, about the six or seven different that's, questions that's, that they ask that's you. That's fine. So basically just call the local Social Security office, and uh, you can fill out a new W-4V form and, and submit that. Um, you can, if, Tom, if you get internet, uh, you, you can download a W-4V form. which v, is like the, Victor? V as in Victor. That's the form she filled out in the first place to get that uh, withholding started and okay. uh, fills out a new one that basically says she wants it stopped. And then where does that form get, go? Uh, to goes to Social Security, but it eventually goes to the IRS. But you can turn it into the local Social Security office. Okay, great. Yeah, and you can get it off the the, the Social Security website. Just I'm in the process now. W4V is in Victor. Thank you so much again. Thanks, All Tom. Right, Tom. All right, bye-bye. You know what? 
Kurt, before we go back, uh, I actually got a text question. Get out. I did. Uh, it says, uh, can you discuss survivor's benefit if deceased spouse was receiving social security disability? Sure. Okay. And, and so if somebody is collecting social security disability payments, the amount that person gets is as if they were at full retirement age. So the benefit amount calculated as if they were at full retirement age the year they started to collect social security disability. So for survivor benefit purposes, the survivor benefit's going to be based on the amount the deceased was collecting at the time he or she passed away. If the survivor is at full retirement age, they get 100% of that amount. They're younger than full retirement age. That disability payment that had been received gets reduced if someone is claiming prior to full retirement age. So it's as if they were collecting retirement benefits. The benefit rate, though, is calculated as if they were at full retirement age, but that proves to be the basis for the amount of the survivor benefit that's sent out. In the same, same procedure, they could do this in person at, at an office. They could do it over the phone, online. Well, no, no here's the no. problem. Okay. So, in, and it's great, and I don't think we touched on this, yeah. in terms of applying for right. benefits. Right. For your own retirement benefit, you can absolutely apply online. For a spousal benefit, you can absolutely apply online, and I think that's the way to go. But at this point, anyway, for survivor benefits, they don't yet have an online application for survivor benefits, so you need to contact your local Social Security office. You can make an appointment to go in in person, or you can make an appointment to have the application filled out over the phone with you. Okay. But for a survivor payment, you need to work with the folks at Social Security. There's no online application for survivor benefits right now. Okay. But there is for disability as well. Okay. Yep. We actually we have another caller. Um, uh, we have Bob in Middleborough. Uh, Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Hi. How are you today? We are we are very well. Wicked awesome. <laughs> Wicked awesome. <laughs> Good. Um, actually, I have a two-part question. We'll take the, the second first, part first. The, <laughs> the first part is uh, for my wife, um, she was a paramedic for a private ambulance company for about 15 years and was injured on the job and couldn't lift the stretcher anymore. So she became a 911 dispatcher for a town on the South Shore. So she's been there for 22 years, recently retired with a full pension, but uh, apparently she can only collect a percentage of her Social Security and um, my question is, if she has her uh, 40 quarters paid in, why is it she can only collect a percentage of Social Security? Sure. And that's, uh, I was hoping we could avoid uh, dealing with that question. I <laughs> almost made it out of here. 16 minutes and I would have been gone. Um, there's two provisions of the Social Security program that impact folks who get public pensions based on work not covered by Social Security, such as dispatchers or any city and town or state employee here in Massachusetts. One is called the windfall elimination provision. The other is the government pension offset. The windfall provision that impacts somebody who, Bob, like your wife, has worked in the private sector, has accumulated 40 social security credits, but who in addition to that time is earning a public pension based on work where they were not contributing to social security. Well, the good news is She's always going to get something from Social Security each month. The bad news is because of her public pension, the amount she gets is not going to be as high as it would have been if she didn't have that public pension because with the windfall provision, Social Security is required to use a different and, as I always say, admittedly less generous formula to calculate the amount of her payment. She's always going to get something, though. But the windfall, it's basically accounts for the fact that 
while she could have been working while she was working for the town, had she been working and paying into the social security program, you know, the benefit amount, she would have been higher. A lot of people say, well, it's double dipping. Well, it's not purely double dipping, but it does account for the fact she's getting a pension um, from the town in addition to her social security payment. But the good news is she will always get something as she is. It's just because of that town pension. She doesn't get as much as she would have if she didn't have it. The other provisions, government pension offset. That's how receipt of that public pension would impact her ability to collect a spousal benefit or a survivor benefit based on your work, Bob. And with government pension offset, news isn't necessarily as good. There's always the possibility that you won't, that she won't be eligible for anything based on your work record because government pension offset says Social Security reduces anything she could collect on you by two-thirds of the amount of her public pension. So if two-thirds of her pension is more than what she could collect on you, she doesn't get anything more. She always gets her own Social Security benefit. She gets her full-town pension, but may not be able to get a spousal or survivor benefit. Why does government pension offset exist? Well, when we talked about spousal benefits and survivor benefits, you collect on one account to the other at a time. If you've worked under Social Security, you don't get your own full benefit and a full spousal benefit. And basically, government pension offset extends that concept. She's earned a pension based on her own work activity. If with that public pension, it exceeds what she could collect on you, well, she doesn't get both at once. So she's always going to get and does get that Social Security payment, but it's because of the windfall elimination provision. Social Security does use a different formula to calculate the amount of her benefit, but she always gets something. And she, yeah, that was... Oh, I'm sorry. No, and I was just going to say, and basically she's treated no differently now going forward. She gets the full benefit of any cost of living increases. You know, the only difference is in how they calculate her payment initially, but she's treated no differently than anyone else under the program for here on out. Yeah. Well, that was uh, going to be the second part of my question. Uh, would she be uh, entitled to survivor benefits when I'm gone? Well, and the answer is technically she's entitled to survivor benefits, except before Social Security would pay her on your account, they'll look at her town pension, figure out what two-thirds of it is. So let's say she gets a $600 town pension, two-thirds of that is $400. In this example, they would reduce any survivor benefit entitled uh, that she'd be eligible to collect on you by that $400, by $400, two-thirds of her pension. So if two-thirds of her pension is less then what she could collect on you, yes, she'll get the difference, but if two-thirds of her town pension is more than what she could collect in survivor benefits, she doesn't get anything more. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get you coming and going, don't they? <laughs> yeah. No, right, uh, well, yeah. Thank you for the information. You're welcome. All th- right, th- and uh, it's a, you, you have a good show going there. Th- thank you, and thanks for the call. All right. Take care, sure, Bob. Right, thanks, Bob. Uh, I think we, we have, if, if he's still on the line, we had uh, John in Marshfield. John, are you, are you there? I'm here. Hey, John, thanks for, thanks for holding there. Uh, what, can we, what can we do for you? I want to go back a couple of calls. You had the uh, caller asking about how do you change uh, the federal income tax withheld from your benefit. Can you do that online if you have an account? Um, I, th- I think what it allows you to do is download a, uh, a W-4V form. You need to... Um, fill that out and submit it. I don't think you can do it electronically, but having the account does give you access um, to getting a, a W-4V form and filling out and then indicating that you don't want to have any or taxes withheld any longer. 
I do want to have taxes withheld, but I want to change the amount. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but you need to uh, download a W-4V because you need to do it over your signature and, and send that in. So, yeah, because and it's important for folks to remember with tax withholding, you can't ask to have a specific dollar amount. It's a percentage. You have an option of percentages. I believe it's 7, 10, 15, or 22% that you can ask to have withheld. As John is looking to do, change the percentage uh, but it does require a completion of a new W-4V form in order to get Social Security to make that change. Thank you very much. Take right, care. Thanks. Bye. So 22 is the max so you can withhold? For some reason. I have hmm. no idea why they came up with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. That's but again, you can't say I want 50 bucks withheld each month. Right. It's it's based on a percentage of your um, gross payment. Right. Okay. Yep. Oh, and I, I was going to ask you this earlier. Um, when you were talking about the taxation, uh, taxation yep. of, of benefits... And you were talking about how, you know, if you're a high, a high earner, you know, that, you know, puts you in a certain category where they, they tax up to a certain percentage. Did you say that they, they include the social security benefits into that calculation as far as what you are earning or making? So that's a good question. How do they determine if you are a higher income social security beneficiary? Well, it is a calculation that has three different components to it. One, your adjusted gross income from the bottom of your 1040 form, plus any tax-free interest that you may have received in the prior year, like municipal bonds, Mm tax-free interest, plus 50% of your social security benefits. Okay, 50%. AGI, tax-free interest, plus 50% of your social security benefits, add those three things up. If it's under the $25,000 threshold for a single person, well then no part of your social security benefits get subject to federal income tax. $32,000 for a couple filing jointly. Now, it's important to note that within that taxation, there are then a second threshold. So if you're a single tax filer, for example, add those three things up. If that falls between $25,000 and $34,000, then 50% of your benefit payments treated as ordinary income taxed at whatever tax rate you're at. Income, though, from those three sources in excess of that $34,000 figure, that's when you pay federal income tax on 85%. For a couple filing jointly, it's between 32 and 44. 50% of your benefits taxed at ordinary income rate above 44, 85%. Again, 85% is the max, 15% always federal tax-free, designed to represent basically the benefit payment that you had, or when you were working, you paid federal income tax on your FICA contributions. So it's designed to uh, avoid double taxation, saying 15% of what you get represents a repayment to you of what you had contributed to the system. Right. I, um, I'm glad that uh, that caller, you know, reference, you know, the, the WEP and the GP, uh, you know, the GPO, because I know, I, I know you're not glad, but uh, just cause, well, it's because it's confusing. Uh, it's confusing and it's, um, and, and well, and sometimes upsetting for people. Uh, they don't, you know, um, sure. but I, it's certainly, it's an important, you know, thing that a lot of people face, especially, you know, especially for teachers and, and people like that. that you know, and, you know, and absolutely right. And uh, a lot of misunderstanding about that. And I always like to remind folks with the windfall provision, you know, as long as you have your 40 credits, you will always get something each and every month. You're never reduced to zero. With the government pension offset, yeah, depending on the amount of your pension, you may not get anything based on your spouse. But here's an important point about both the windfall and the government pension offset. What triggers application is receipt of the pension. Why do I raise that? So, for example, you're a dispatcher 
in the town of Mashfield, and you're still working. You reach your full retirement age, even if you're still working, as we've discussed, your work and earnings no longer impact your ability to collect. So you could go to Social Security, file for Social Security retirement benefits, receive a full Social Security benefit, only when you retire from the town and you need to let Social Security know and start to get your pension, at that point, they'll recompute your benefit using the WEP formula, but the WEP doesn't apply until you actually retire and start to collect your payment. And if you're at full retirement age, you can still be working and collecting Social Security at the same time. Right, and not, yeah, because your pension probably wouldn't start until you retire. retire. And, yep. Right, okay, yep. so there is some some little bit of leeway there, yep. some, yep. some some strategy and, yeah. And the same way with government pension offset. You know, a, a widow still teaching, for example, at full retirement age, could file for, receive a full survivor benefit, and then when she retires, right. starts to collect the pension, needs to let Social Security know, and government pension offset kicks in at that point. And I mean, yeah, you, uh, okay, that's okay, that's great. I was gonna ask a question, then I was like, no, that's that, that could be a can of worms. Um, we, you know, we just have a few minutes left, maybe eight, seven or eight minutes. Um, so one of the things I wanted to cover that I that we haven't covered yet is the you know claim some now you know claim, claim some more strategies later. yeah some strategies because uh, this is a pretty and I know there's so we'll talk about we can talk about who this applies to because that gap that window is closing, closing a, rapidly a, as yep. we as we as people as we move along here in time um, and I you know this comes up for some clients you know that we have periodically and it's and it makes sense for people that are working and uh, how about how about if I kind of give it a stab and okay. then you can you can correct me and chime in and so uh, so what we're talking about uh, so this applies to folks who who were born prior to January first nineteen fifty four is that correct. Well, one person anyway has to be born okay. prior to January first, nineteen fifty-four. One of the one of the two married. Right. We're talking about married people, yep. uh, husband and wife. Yep. Uh, still married. Have to be still married, right? It works for divorced Worked couples. For divorce. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, pri- married. One of them mar- uh, born prior to January first, nineteen fifty-four. So, if you fit into that category, keep listening. Um, and so, if let's say the let's say the wife, um, you know, starts collecting early. You know, they start collecting at 62, let's say. Maybe they have a smaller benefit um, and they want to start collecting. So they do. And let's say the husband's still working and, you know, the husband is has reached full retirement age. And so once they reach full retirement age, if they're still working, they could collect a spousal benefit off of their wife, in this case, who's already collecting. And so it's going to be, you know, half you know, half of what the, the wife is collecting. No, half of her full retirement of, age. Okay, amount. sorry, yep, sorry. Yep, Thank yep, you for the yep, correction. Yep, yep. Half of her full retirement uh, age amount, uh, and in doing so, the working husband, the spouse, is continuing to allow his own benefit to earn those delayed retirement credits. Um, so if he if he keeps working till seventy, you know, he he can you know theoretically max out his own benefit, but in the meantime. He's collecting some extra money uh, off off of his spouse. Yep. Um, so the key thing is he's the one that has to be born prior to January first, fifty four. So okay. if you're born yep, prior you. to yep. January first, fifty four, have reached your full retirement age of sixty six. If your spouse is actually collecting, then you still have the option of picking and choosing. You can defer collecting your own and just take a spousal benefit. Uh, we actually have we have a couple of calls. Let's see if we can get to them real quick. So we uh, lightning first, round. Here we go. We, yes. First, we have Mike in Marshfield. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Uh, we're good. How are you? 
good, thank you. I just had a question. I don't know if you touched base on it yet or not. Uh, I got a government pension from well, state pension, and um, Social Security said I'd be able to get my full amount of Social Security if I have 30 years paid into it. Is that uh, true? Yep. So basically, Mike, as long as you've got 10 years of time under the Social Security program, 40 credits, you'll always get something from Social Security. If you have fewer than 20 years where you've worked and paid into Social Security at a substantial earnings level, then you're going to be subject to the full windfall elimination provision maximum reduction in your Social Security benefit. But the more time you've had under Social Security, the less of an impact receipt of that state pension has. And if you've got 30 or more years where you've worked and paid into Social Security at a substantial earnings level, you can't just make a buck. This year, substantial earnings is defined as around $23,000. Then with 30 or more years, then you get a full, normal, regular Social Security benefit in addition to whatever you get as a state pension. And from 20 to 30, the more time you've had under Social Security, the less of an impact the state pension is. And if you get to 30, your state pension has zero impact on your Social Security benefit. Okay, great. That's what I just wanted to know. I appreciate it. All right, Mike. Take care. Um, Thank you. And then if if we also have Paul in Bridgewater. Paul, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've been listening to the show. I just had a couple of questions. Uh, I'll be retiring early at age 65 in July. Um, so on the uh, remaining of the year, I'm under the $17,340 earned income restriction. Is that correct? So basically, there's a special, more generous test that applies the first year of retirement. And Paul, what the law says is, regardless of what your earnings have been, between January and June, as long as from July through the end of the year, you make $1,470 or less in each of those months, you can collect regardless of how much you had made prior to retirement. So from the month you retire on, as long as your earnings are uh, $1,470 or less, then you can be paid those months even if you'd made a million dollars between January and June. Okay. All right. And then once uh, my before retirement age will be uh, July of 20, 20. Uh, 20, 2020. Yep. Uh, so starting in January 2020, I, I now can make up to 44000 a year earned income. That's actually a little bit higher. I just looked it up. You, this year you can make $46,920 between okay. January and June. If you make that amount, you can collect during those months without any loss of benefits whatsoever. Okay, okay. But starting in 2020, I can make uh, up to 40, 44 something uh, without any- uh, you know, it's, No, it's, it's $46,920. Okay. I just looked up the exact amount. All so right. January okay. through June of next year, you make $46,920 during that period yeah. of time or less, you'll be paid January through June, full Social Security benefits. Now, you'll be collecting at a reduced rate because you've claimed early, Correct. but you can Correct. be paid even though you're working and making money. July on, right. full retirement age on, no longer any earnings limitation whatsoever. Correct, correct. And do any union pensions uh, restrict uh, or cut down on Social Security benefits? I, I heard Not comment. at all. Not at all. Earned okay. income only. Wages or net income uh, from self-employment. Pensions, 401k distributions, bank interest, none of that impacts. 
great. Great clarification. I appreciate it. It's All right, Paul. Show. Take care. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Good day. Yeah. Um, Kurt, maybe one more time uh, before we sign off here. You just want to give out your you know, your contact info. Sure. Somebody wants to get in touch with you. Yep. Phone number 774-571-3256. ZarnowskiConsulting.com. C is in Charlie. Z is in Zebra. A-R-N-O-W-S-K-I consulting.com and kurt.zarnowski at gmail.com. Kurt, thank you very much. It's been a wonderful show as always. And we'll Um, see you on April 30th. That's right, April 30th. 6.30. uh, 6.30. Cask and Flagon. Cask and Flagon. Be there or... Or B-square. Right, something like that. All right. Thank you and enjoy the day.